when you have an account with us, an IRA, we're going to say, all right, what do you want to buy? Oh, I want to buy the property at 123 Green Street. Cool. Your IRA owns that. It pays for it. It gets the income on it. It covers the expenses. And you get all the tax benefits retirement accounts have. So like when you sell that property for a profit, you don't pay any taxes. Just like if you had Facebook stock in your IRA and you sell it for a profit, the money goes back in your IRA, but you don't pay tax. What would your life look like if you could replace all of your working income with simple and conservative investments that could do it for you? Over the last 13 years, we've helped thousands of clients transact over half a billion dollars in simple and conservative real estate transactions, allowing them to begin replacing their work income with real estate investment income. Each week, we'll be pulling back the curtain on the ins and outs of real-time, retirement-based real estate transactions that will transform your financial future, even if you have no real estate experience. This is Replace Your Income with me, Kevin Clayson. And Steve Earle. All right, everybody. Welcome to Replace Your Income with Kevin and Steve. Steve, how you doing, buddy? Kev, I'm doing great. How's uh, your uh, holidays? You know what? Fantastic. Uh, It's a new year, and I'm thankful for that. As you know, my family, we got to have a COVID Christmas, and so that was was fun. We got to hang out at home and stare at each other and uh, take cold medicine. It was great. Good times to be had by all, (laughs) but we're good, man. We're all feeling good. We're really thankful. We weren't heavily affected by symptoms or anything, and so we're we're really, really thankful. Just happy to be back on the podcast and back recording. And we've got an awesome episode today, man. Are you excited for this one? Yeah, I really am. I mean, we've, we've known our guests for a long, long time, for a number of years. We've done quite a bit of business with them over the years. And we're excited. You know, for 2021, we're going to really kind of dive deep into his area of expertise in terms of what we want to be offering to our clients. So I'm, I'm super excited about this new year and in particular in this moment about this episode. Uh, to really kind of dive deep into this more kind of a technical topic for that matter. Absolutely. And if you're listening, everybody, thank you so much for listening, for sharing the podcast with friends and family. Just a reminder, please go rate and review the podcast and share it whenever you can. Uh, We're so thankful for all the messages we get from you you telling us that you appreciate the content, and we are going to continue in 2021 to bring you awesome content. And today is a really cool topic. So today's one of those topics where some of you listening, you're going to kind of know a little bit about this, or maybe you've nibbled around the edges of this topic. Maybe you've heard about it, but you're not exactly sure either what this investment tool is or how it can work with or interact with real estate. But today we're going to be talking about an incredible financial tool uh, called a self-directed IRA. And we have literally the world's foremost expert. Matt, can I call you the world's foremost expert? Are you comfortable with that? I, that's how I look. I mean, at you could say the universe. Why okay, limit the world? I mean, <laughs> You're right. I'm you know. thinking small. Yeah, you're totally yeah. right. The universe's Thank you. foremost Thank you. expert <laughs> on self-directed IRAs. In fact, the guy literally wrote the handbook. He wrote the most incredible book in the market on self-directed IRAs called the Self-Directed IRA Handbook. And so we are going to be talking today to the one and only Matt Sorensen. And in addition to having Matt on, we have another special guest. So you guys have heard us talk about kind of what the Done For You system is. We know many of you are clients, many of you are not. We in the Done For You system, our clients always have somebody that holds their hand through the transaction process. This individual that's joining us today is a vice president of client fulfillment with our company. He works directly with our clients and directly with clients that are interacting with self-directed IRAs on a regular basis. So we have our friend, our long-term member of this DFY family and team, Nathan Larson here as well. Nate, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. You bet. I'm so glad that you guys are both here because, Nate, you interface and interact with clients all the time who ask questions about self-directed IRAs. Matt, you are the universe's foremost expert on self-directed IRAs. And so we are so excited to unpack this, to do a deep dive, and to talk a little bit about what self-directed IRAs are, how they can impact you as a listener, and if you're investing in real estate. But I actually, I know, Nate, you have had um, extensive experience in working 
with Matt. I, I want to turn the, just the mic over to you to talk a little bit about Matt and your experience with him, because I want everybody listening to understand this is an absolute treat and pleasure to have Matt here. He does not do a lot of podcasts because he's in such high demand. He is so busy, but he was so gracious to come on today. And so, Nate, why don't you tell everybody a little bit more about your experience with Matt? Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm going to echo a lot of what Kevin had has talked about. I, I've not used the universe in my phrase of introducing that. <laughs> well, now though. <laughs> I've certainly used the world's foremost expert. That's actually very common uh, coming out of my mouth with, with clients. And I actually, so I, I've worked with Dunphy coming up on 10 years. And I think Matt, we've been working with you for that amount of time or longer probably. Yeah. And I, I just absolutely have a lot of respect and confidence, especially when I'm working with my clients and, and we're talking about options when it comes to self-directing. Man, Matt is the guy to go to. And he is definitely the world's for the universe's foremost experts. And and, you know, back in 2000, I think it was 2013, Matt, you came out with your book. Yep, that's when it was first released. Yeah, yeah. So I bought that book, and and I, I this is a subject that I really love because I've spent nine years at Fidelity Investments in retirement planning, and and it's funny, Matt. In nine years at Fidelity, I never heard about self directing. Actually, <laughs> right. so, yeah, they want you to know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I bought that book, and I actually consumed it. And I hope this doesn't offend some of our listeners, but I call it the Bible of self-directing. It's, it's yeah. my reference and I go to it often. And that, that came out with the second edition of that book a couple of years ago, right, Matt? Yeah, 2018. 2018. So highly, highly recommend that book. And Matt, another thing too, I and correct me if I'm wrong, you've actually stood before, con is it Congress? And, and Well, I've done, it? yeah. So like some congressional committees have done reports on self-directed IRAs and large retirement accounts. So the Government Accountability Office is done a couple. So I've consulted with the Government Accountability Office on reports that go to Congress and basically are critical of the IRS and stuff. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that's been good. I mean, I've been quoted in major media, been on TV on stuff for self-directed IRAs. I'm an attorney. I mean, I'm, I guess I am the guy in this subject. I, I like how you guys, you guys just could be my hype team. I just need to bring you guys. <laughs> Any other media or place I go, I'm just going to bring you guys. Any, anywhere you go, Matt, I'll just, I'm happy to stand in your lobby of your office. And if somebody <laughs> says they're coming to meet with you, I'm just going to hype you up. That's all. We're just, I'll stand so, in the office with you. Deal. Deal. <laughs> just real quick. Um, I know that uh, 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 Nate's going to jump in and have, he's got some great questions uh, from Matt. But just to tell you everybody about Nate just a little bit, you can see the photo or the, you know, the picture in the background there. He has been to Everest um, Base Camp. On a couple of occasions now, he's an adventurer extraordinaire. He's also a hunter and fisherman extraordinaire. He leaves the office at noon to go fish the Provo River on a regular basis. <laughs> and so he he's quite the outdoorsman. But as he stated, he's also been in the financial planning industry uh, before he came to DFY ten years ago. Ten years of, of financial planning prior to that. So he comes well qualified. He's helped our clients purchase into the thousands of properties. And so on the real estate side, he's amazing. On the planning side, he's amazing. He's not a financial planner anymore, so he doesn't give financial advice. But he he helps our clients create uh, their game plans, helps them put together their portfolios. And this self-directed concept is a big part of, of what he's been able to help our clients do. So I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Kevin, but uh, um, I'm, I'm excited for the questions that uh, Nate's got to present uh, our guests with. Yeah, Nate, Nate is truly an expert. Matt is truly an expert. And that's why we invited you guys on because uh, Steve and I are not smart and you both are. So thank <laughs> you for coming on for that. That's nice that Just we can have intelligence. Yeah, it might be the first time, Steve, that we've had intelligence on the podcast. So this is good. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's really it's at least the episodes that we do together. Yeah. Well, so here's where I'd like to start, actually, because as we dive into this topic of self-directed IRAs, I always love to just kind of jump back to the basics. And so uh, before we kind of roll into some of the questions that I know Nate gets on a regular basis from clients, Matt, would you give us just a foundational understanding? What is a self-directed IRA? What is that tool? How does it fit into kind of the retirement framework and into the financial picture of most Americans that utilize yeah. it or maybe, and there's a lot of people I think that don't even really fully understand or know what it is. So give us the basics. 
Yeah. So a self-directed IRA is basically a retirement account. This could be an IRA, a Roth IRA, a 401k, but it's a retirement account that can invest into any asset allowed by law. And a lot of people just think, well, I can buy stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with a retirement account. You can, but that's not it. So you can also buy rental real estate. Like I could buy a single family home. I could buy the duplex down the street. I can invest in XYZ LLC, you know, that, that owns real estate, or I could, you know, I can do private money lending. I could buy cryptocurrency. Like these are all assets retirement accounts can own. And so that's what a self-directed IRA is, is it's really an IRA that's with a company. Like that's what our company does, directed IRA. That's my company. I'm the CEO of, where we have accounts. We're like Fidelity, for example. But when you have an account with us, an IRA, we're going to say, all right, what do you want to buy? Oh, I want to buy the property at 123 Green Street. Cool. Your IRA owns that. It pays for it. It gets the income on it. It covers the expenses. And you get all the tax benefits retirement accounts have. So like when you sell that property for a profit, you don't pay any taxes. Just like if you had Facebook stock in your IRA and you sell it for a profit, the money goes back in your IRA, but you don't pay tax. So that's the basics of the self-directed IRA. There's a lot to it. but that's the basics of it. Yeah, thank you. You know, one of the things that I think is really powerful about this tool is that this is, you know, Steve and I on the podcast, we often are talking about topics and things that I would say are, are maybe a little bit of a counterculture to what yeah. a lot of people believe or what a lot of people interact with, especially on the real estate side and even just on kind of the income replacement side. And I put self-directed IRAs in that same category because If you go to your local bank, if you go to your local financial planner, they are likely not going to recommend self-directed IRAs. You even alluded to it earlier, Matt, that this is something that, you know, somewhere like a Fidelity or whatever may not want you to know. And and talk a little bit about why that is. Why is the self-directed IRA kind of a a slightly different category, something that's not as common? Well, when retirement accounts were first created, the people who decide, who like, Wall Street, basically, the broker dealers saw people were actually saving money in these accounts. They're like, well, crap, people are using these accounts. They became popular. There's all these tax benefits, right? When you put money in a retirement account, you get tax deductions. When you make money off the investments, you don't pay taxes, it grows. It's a great, it's a good deal. And so all the broker dealers said, well, we're going to set these accounts up and we're going to let them buy what we sell. So naturally, people just started setting up their IRAs and 401ks at places like Fidelity or Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley, but they just gave you a menu of investments you could pick. This wasn't all the investments IRAs could own. They're just like, well, if you have an account with us, you can buy what we sell. It's kind of like going to Taco Bell. Like you're, if you're at Taco Bell, you're going to get what's on the menu, right? You can eat roast beef sandwiches. You're just not going to get them at Taco Bell. Okay. So, and then the insurance industry came around and they're like, well, we want to sell annuities to people with retirement accounts. So like, New York Life and Northwestern, all the insurance companies, they started setting up IRAs. And what can you buy with them? What they sell, annuities. So IRAs have always been able to buy real estate from when they started or invest in small businesses and private companies. It's just that the typical providers of these, broker dealers, the typical financial advisors, they make money when you buy what they sell. So you need to move to a custodian and there's, you know, my company's one of maybe 30 out there. You only need to know about directed IRA though, directedira.com. And, but when you have an account with us, we're going to say, all right, what do you want to buy? Oh, you want to buy the property one, two, three Green Street? Knock yourself out. Like we don't sell you investment options. That's what you'd use like done for you. But you come to us and say, hey, I've got money at Fidelity. Fidelity won't let me do this. Great. Set up your account here. Transfer money from your IRA at Fidelity, your, your prior 401k over to us a directed IRA and will let you buy the real estate. You guys are basically like the cool uncle is, you know, that's kind of how it's like, Hey, what do you want to buy now? But that said, you guys are the cool uncle, but there is still limitations to what somebody can or can't do with a self-directed IRA. Maybe talk a little bit about that as we kind of lay this foundation. Yeah. So the first principle is you have to buy investment assets. So when we're talking about real estate, I'm not talking about buying a home you're going to live in, okay? We're not talking about buying a second residence that maybe you rent out sometime, maybe you use. This has got to be held strictly for investment purposes. And there's these ruled calls, prohibited transactions. So it's like four chapters in my book. Um, (laughs) It's a big one, but it basically means 
you can't use the assets that your retirement account owns. So if you buy real estate, you can't use the real estate. Your spouse can't, your kids can't, your parents can't, like your close family. You also can't make money off the real estate. Like you can't get a commission if you're an agent to buy it. So as long as you think, I'm not doing this for personal real estate, like Matt Sorensen wants to buy a second home to, to go, you know, get out of the summer in Arizona, but I want to buy just a rental property, which is important for me to say too. I do this myself. Like, and I think that's for anybody that's trying to teach you something. Like, do they do this themselves? Like, I actually own real estate in my IRA and, and in my 401k. And so it's important that people realize that like I'm doing this myself, but those are investment properties. Like they're single family rentals. You know, I got third-party tenants in them. I'm not using them for personal use. They're held for investment. And I wanted to just kind of reiterate something Matt said. So if I have a self-directed IRA and I'm buying investment real estate, we one of the markets we do a lot in is Orlando. I can't buy a property in Orlando and go stay in it, you know, two weeks a year when I want to go to Disney World. I can't do that, but I can keep it and hold it as a rental investment property that's generating income that's going back to that self-directed IRA. And yep. one thing that I, I think is, is really important too, as kind of like the last foundational piece before we start to get into some of these other specifics is, how, Matt, talk about how somebody can get a self-directed IRA. There's a lot of people that have 401ks, 401ks yeah. with employers, or, or they've got uh, IRAs right now. How does one begin the process to work with a company like yours to have a self-directed IRA that they can start utilizing yeah. in this way? So if you already have an IRA, you're good. So let's say you've already, you got an IRA at TD Ameritrade or a Roth IRA at your bank or whatever. You can always just transfer that to directed IRA and set up a self-directed IRA. So it's just kind of like going from Charles Schwab to Merrill Lynch. You know, you're just changing the company that custodies the account. So IRAs are easy. If you already are in an IRA format, you can always move to a self-directed IRA, whether that's a SEP, a Roth, or traditional, doesn't matter your IRA account. You can even self-direct an HSA and a Coverdell. Now, if you have a prior employer 401k, you can also self-direct. So it's like, oh, I don't work here anymore. I've got a 401k. We can roll that over to a traditional self-directed IRA. Now, the snag that most people run into is like, hey, Matt, I've got a 401k. I'm 45. And I still work at the company though. Most 401k, most companies, 401k plans will restrict you from rolling the money out while you're still employed. Now there's one, there's a couple ways to get around that, but it's a little complicated. Basically, if you're over 59 and a half, your retirement plan age and you still work there, you can generally move your 401k out. Some companies also allow for an in-service withdrawal, but everyone else is good. The one snag again is, it's a 401k or a company retirement plan and I still work there. That's where some people can get locked up. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, Matt, when, maybe we'll have you touch on this. So as I'm working with clients and we're talking about utilizing retirement plan money to purchase real estate, you know, the, yeah. the question always comes up, can I finance a property that's held within my, my self-directed IRA? And I know that you and I have talked about this. You talk a lot about it in your book, but could you, could you touch on that for our listeners yeah. as well? Yeah. So there's always two ways to go. One is just buy the property outright with cash, right? I've got enough cash in my retirement account. And let's face it, there's $30 trillion in retirement accounts in the US. Okay. This is where most Americans have cash to invest. And so if you're spending time learning real estate, why are you not investing in it with your retirement account? You know? And so there's 30 trillion out there in it. So you can buy with just the cash and that's, that's common. Some clients will say, you know what though? I've got, let's say I've got 150 grand, okay? I know real estate prices have been going up, but just stick with me on the example because I can do the math on it, okay? <laughs> let's say you got 150 grand. Like I can buy one single family rental in this market I want with cash outright for 150. Or Matt, maybe I could buy three properties and I'll put 50 grand down on each one and I can own three of these single family rentals. What should I do? Now, Nate, the issue you brought up is, can I get a mortgage in the first place? And there's really two considerations people should decide if they're saying, do I buy one with cash or three and get a loan? The first is when you get a loan with an IRA, the first consideration is that it has to be what's called a non-recourse loan, okay? And this is why you got to work with people like Done For You or people that know what the heck this is because your typical agent out there or typical, you know, seller, whoever it is, they don't get these rules very well. <laughs> 
So you got to use a non-recourse loan provider, which basically is a mortgage loan that says, the bank's like, we're going to loan you the money, but if you default, we can't go after the IRA, we can't go after you personally. We'll just foreclose and take the property back. And that's a requirement for retirement plan rules. The only type of loan you can get with your IRA buying real estate is a non-recourse loan. So that's hurdle number one. And those loans, by the way, take about 30% 30% down. That's why I gave the 50,000 examples. You're going to have to put some money down. You're not going to go with 10 or 20%. The second thing you have to know is when you buy property with debt, the IRS now looks at the deal and says, all right, Matt, you bought a property for 150, but you only put 50,000 of retirement cash into the deal. The other 100,000 that made up the 150 purchase was debt. That was not retirement plan dollars. So we're going to tax the profits you make on this deal that represents the debt. In this example, two-thirds of the deal is debt. So therefore, two-thirds of the profit are going to get subjected to tax. This is a tax for IRAs. It's called UDFI. And it's complicated to get into in a quick podcast, but I do have a chapter in my book. I got some free articles on my site. But, But you just need to know that it's not a crushing tax. It's capital gains rates when you basically sell the property and have a gain. It's 37% tax max rate if you have cash flow, net rental income, but a lot of our clients depreciation, everything they get to expense. So they don't run into it year to year. So that's the two things. If you're going to leverage with debt, make sure it's non-recourse and just make sure you know about UDFI. So when I have clients say, well, Matt, should I still do that? I'm like, if these are good properties, you want three for sure. Cause you're going to be paying down the debt as you go. You're only paying tax if you're making money, right? So I'm going to make three times as much money because I have three properties instead of one. So to me, I think it's a no-brainer to go with non-recourse loans if you're getting good properties that can cash flow. Yeah, I think I think it's a fabulous concept if if you can leverage and and even with that tax, because when we think self-directed IRAs or IRAs 401ks, we think tax deferred, right? Yeah. But there is some tax that could potentially, you know. But I remember having a conversation about this with Matt long ago. And it's you look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Does the return on investment does it yeah. still make it? Does it still make sense? Is it worth your time? Worth your while? And yeah, it it definitely can. And and the power of having one property working for you versus three properties, yeah, three properties is, is fabulous. That's just that's to maximize your investment. Your your yeah. ROI. And now we've been doing this long enough. You know, I mean, I started this in two thousand six. And so like I've seen clients that have been doing it for 10 years that were more aggressive like that. And what mm-hmm. do you think their accounts look like now compared to the one that just bought one or two with cash? Like yeah. night and day difference. The yeah. appreciation they've had over the last 10 years, plus the cash flow they're getting, rents have increased dramatically over the last 10 years. It's awesome. Yeah. So Matt, maybe switching gears, there's another question that we always get. So do you buy and hold property directly into your IRA? And this this really kind of starts to stem around liability and protection options with property and holding property. And I, I know that you really advocate an LLC, specifically what you call an IRA LLC. So could yeah. you extrapolate on that for our listeners a little bit? Yeah, so we do a little bit of both. It depends on what clients want. I think most clients are going to prefer an IRA LLC. So if you have an IRA, you can have an IRA own the real estate directly. So let's say it's Nate, it's your IRA. So like on the purchase contract to buy the property is going to be directed trust company, FBO, Nate Larson IRA. Like, and that's the buyer. Nate's going to approve the contract and then send it to us. And we actually sign it. Cause like when you're buying with your IRA, it's not Nate Larson buying it. It's his IRA. And it's all got to be done in your IRA custodian's name. So then it's what's going to be on the deed when you close. Directed trust company, FBO, Nate Larson IRA. Then we're going to receive the income on the IRA account. When you've got expenses on the property, you're going to instruct us to pay the expenses out of the IRA account. And so sometimes that can be a little clunky for clients. If you have property management, it's not bad because the property manager, once you buy the property, can deal with the income and expense and there's not a lot of back and forth. They're just sending the cash flow back to the IRA. But a lot of clients, particularly if they're like doing rehab deals or they just want what we call checkbook control, rather than the IRA own the property directly, they're going to have their IRA own an LLC 100%, and we're going to invest their cash into a new LLC that the IRA owns 100%. The LLC is going to then own the property. And so here, like if it's Nate's IRA, it's going to be directed trust company, FBO, Nate Larson, but it's going to own 100% of XYZ Investments LLC. XYZ Investments LLC, Nate can be the manager of that. He doesn't own it. 
that his IRA owns at 100%, but he can be the manager of it. He doesn't get a salary or can't take compensation. But as manager, he can go set up an LLC checking account wherever he wants to bank with. We invest the IRA money into the LLC. It goes into a bank account. Now he can write the check for the earnest money to buy it. The LLC's on the contract. He signs his manager. He signs a closing. He can deal with the contractors to rehab it or whatever you're doing. And then income comes into the LLC. You know, something goes wrong on a property. You want to update something. You cut a check from the LLC. It's just, it gives the clients a lot more control. And a lot of our real estate clients, you know, a lot of our IRA clients, they do real estate already with their personal dollars. They've already, and so they kind of know what to do better. And they like having more control. They don't, they don't like going through us for a lot of stuff. And we don't either. So, it's, you know, it's, for us, it's like, we'll do it either way. But I think from a customer satisfaction side of things, a lot of them like the LLC. Now it costs yeah. you 800 bucks. Like we set them up in our law firm. I have a separate law firm, KQS Lawyers, and it's 800 bucks plus the state filing fee to do the LLC. So there's an additional cost to do it. But if you think of it over the life of the owning a property, you know, most states, your filing fees are pretty low unless you're in California. But I don't think, I don't think your clients are buying single family or rentals in California right now. So no, no. they're <laughs> usually good there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I find that too with clients. It just, it, it just becomes a lot more convenient with that. You call it checkbook control just to, to yeah. work with the property manager directly. You can cut checks, you can pay expenses a lot more easily than, than having to go directly through the, through the self-directed company, yeah. which people still do. And it's not, yeah. it's not overwhelming, but it's just a lot, a lot easier with that. Yeah. With that and you mentioned liability too earlier. There is some liability protection with the LLC. So if something happens on the property, tenant slips and falls, you know, they can't sue the IRA and get anything else in it. They can't come after you as the IRA owner. They're just stuck at the LLC. So there are some liability protection perks there. Okay. You know, in talking, you brought up uh, the, you know, the, the cost of the LLC if you have an LLC that's owned by the IRA. What about the cost to have a self-directed IRA? Talk a little bit about yeah. that and how that works. So our fee structure, basically at Directed IRA, it's $295 is your annual account fee. You have a $50 new account fee and then a $50, let's say if you want to buy, set up an LLC, there's a $50 fee to invest it in the LLC. So your first year, you're going to maybe have 400 bucks in a fees to set up the IRA and get it invested. And then after that, you're going to have a 295 annual account fee. So that's just pretty much you're going to pay is 300 bucks a year. Some other of our competitors, just so you know, will charge based on the size of your account. And then some of them will also charge per asset. So if you have multiple assets, they'll charge you per asset. So we just decided to keep it clean and easy, 295 annual fee. And yeah, that, that's basically how our fee structure works. Yeah. And I think too, you want, when you're looking at that, you know, fees are important, right? For like, just like any service, you know, I mean, I don't care who you are. Like you can't just, you know, fees are a part of the factor <laughs> of the equation. And then, you know, you want the expertise, which is I think what we have and then the right customer service. And so you can look up us, like we're a licensed trust company. We're audited by the banking department here. We have third-party CPA audits from RSM, which is the fifth largest accounting firm. Like, you know, we're, we're a financial institution and we're clean. We also like take care of our customers, which you can see from our reviews on Google too, and just what our clients think about us. Hey, Matt, talk real quick yeah. to that item, because I think that that's a big, I think it's a huge difference between your company and many other IRA custodians where you've taken that one extra step to where yeah. you're it on, on an annual basis. And maybe just talk to that for just a second. Yeah. So there's one other type of provider in our industry that's called a third-party administrator or a TPA, and they're kind of like a middleman. And so they don't actually custody your IRA account. They're just like the middleman that has control of your account, but they're not examined by the banking department. They're not audited, and but they have all the controls just as if they had a license. And so, you know, when we start our company, there's like, there's no way in heck I would do that because I don't like sending clients to a place like that. And so we just said, we're just going to do the full thing from when, from the get-go. So that's one thing to look for is look for companies that at least have like trust company in their name. Like we, we're directed trust company. We're a licensed trust company. And, and that's a big distinction in the industry. It means that they're audited. It means that a banking department goes in and examines them every year, which is good for you as the customer. I'll say, you know, we have a law firm. Our law firm office has an office in Utah. I'm in Phoenix. But like, you know, there was one of the big IRA providers that did a lot of accounts in Utah called American Pension Services. They were a third-party administrator. 
the owner of the company was like, you know, a guy that drove a pickup truck and had grandkids and was a cowboy. The last guy you'd think stole $40 million, you know, and what happened to the account holders? They all had to take a haircut on their account. They lost, they, everybody lost money. And so I think the biggest reason that happened is he wasn't examined. There was no bank examiners. There's no auditors in his office. They would have caught that stuff year one. Um, and so that's a big distinction. I think gives a little security to people with their account. Yeah. And I, and it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because, you know, we, we had some clients that had money with American pension and it was painful. Yeah. It was, I know I had family you know, members. I had an account there. I mean, yeah, crap, yeah. you know, and so, so knowing Matt and that he structured this and, and, you know, I, I spent a short time working at Chase Bank and, and working with bank examiners is, is never a fun. When you have your auditor <laughs> coming to the branch, you're going, oh. And so, so Matt subjecting himself to that up front, I think really yeah. says a lot and, and exudes a lot of confidence, actually, in addition to, to all of his expertise, you know, that backs this up. And so, yeah, so that's that's awesome. Hey, Matt, maybe maybe another quick question. With your experience with this, what are what are you what are some of the big mistakes that you see people making with self-directing? Ooh, good question. The one I think for new people is they don't get educated before they start. Like I think a lot of them, they're like they've heard it, but they didn't take time to look into it. And they are they're closing on a property on Friday. It's like they're they're setting up their account on a Wednesday. And they're like, yeah, and we're closing on Friday. It's like, slow down, Tiger. <laughs> you know, I don't know that we're going to pull this off. I mean, I can get your stuff done fast here, but like, there's a lot of hoops. Like, I got to move your money from where it's at. You know, that's going to take three to five days, depending on the current provider of your retirement account. I mean, I can set up your account same day, but we got to get the money over from where it's at. You've got to do the contract in the name of the IRA. If you're doing an LLC, you got to set up the LLC, which takes time at the state and the lawyer to draft it. So like, so the one thing I think the biggest mistake is new people think that it doesn't matter, that there's like some switch flipper in the back that we're just going to say, flip the switch on for Nate Larson's IRA so we can close on Friday. You know, it ain't that easy. So it's not complicated either, but I would say if you give yourself a couple weeks lead time, preferably before you make the offer, you should be good. And you don't have to get all the money over there. One thing too is like, get the IRA set up, get the LLC going. You don't, if you got like 300 grand, you know, and you want it in the market, just send over 10, but get it going, get the IRA going, get the LLC going, get some money in it so you can make an earnest money deposit. Then when you find a deal, you can execute on it and move the rest of the money over later and we can get it in before you close. So just do some little planning time-wise on the front. And I think that'd be the first tip. Okay. The second one I would say is there's a lot of cool creative strategies you can do with IRAs too. Like I can partner my IRA with my spouse's IRA in a deal. I could bring in my dad's IRA. I can put in personal cash in my IRA. There's all these tricky, cool things you can do, but they're complicated. <laughs> so, so you, and, and the, the way the tax code works is it's like square pegs and round holes and, and, or like maybe coloring within the lines. Like you have to fit exactly your your structure into this. You can't be like, well, I want to do that, but can we do this? No, no, there's no like outs of this. Like you have to fit exactly in it. And so, so there's some creative, cool things you can do with partnering, but um, just again, get educated on it first. And I'll say the self-directed IRA. It's like, it's not rocket science. I, I like to tell clients, it's like learning a new board game. That's how easy it is. But you can't just like open the board up and start moving pieces around. You know, like you're going to screw it up. You need to play with someone else who's played the game before, or you need to read the damn rule book. Okay. Just do one of those two things before you start moving the pieces. Okay. So, and my book, the self-directed IRA handbook is the rule book. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, Nate and people have done for you have, you know, helped hundreds, if not thousands of clients do this. I mean, I've helped tens of thousands of clients and we're doing it every day at directed IRA. So we can help hold your hand too, but just take some time to get educated it's not rocket science. It's more like a board game. And once you've done it once, once you've done your first real estate deal, it's the same thing the next time. So that now you just, you're just playing, it's the same rule book. It's the same procedure and steps and you, you'll have it down. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. I, I, you know, in helping clients it's it's doable, but you do want to know what you're getting into. And I, yeah. I, I always pitch that, you know, that book, the self-directed <laughs> IRA handbook, and then Matt on his website too, on directedira.com, they just have a lot of resources there to, to really listen yeah. to and learn. And, 
And it's fun. I, I mean, I love this. It's, you know, coming from, you know, retirement planning at Fidelity Investments and, and diving into real estate and using retirement funds to purchase that. I love that. You know, we, we're breaking yeah. away from kind of this cultural tradition, traditional 401k, you're in stocks, bonds, EFT, yeah. all that type of stuff. And it's, to me, it's really fun because at Fidelity, you were always targeting other retirement plans outside of, of Fidelity at, at Schwab and trying to get them to consolidate at Fidelity. Mm -hmm. What's amazing to me is, is almost 10 years at done for you is how much retirement funds we see coming out of the stock market and into real estate. But there's yeah. such a power with real estate just as an investment. And that's a, that's a different topic, but just the diversification aspect of, of diversifying retirement funds into real estate powerful and it's, and it's fun that way. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a lot of people don't put the two together, retirement accounts and real estate. And for people that know real estate, you know, that's the one thing I had one of my, the reason I got into self-directing in the first place, I had a really high net worth client who's a real estate developer. This is back in like 2006 or seven. And he found out he could do real estate in a Roth IRA in particular, because he would do big deals that he'd make a lot of money on. And he was like, wait, if I do this deal in a Roth IRA, I pay no tax. I'm like, no tax. When I hit retirement at 59 and a half, it's going to come out. No tax. No tax. He's like, why has nobody told me this? He's <laughs> like, I have the, a big law firm that represents me and all my stuff, a big five CPA firm or four, whatever's left that does my taxes. I have high-end financial advisors, a couple of them. I mean, this guy was a big deal. And he's like, not one of them told me this. They all know. I make money off real estate hand over fist. Like, I'm just like, I, I know how to make money that way. No one paired this two together. They told me to max out my retirement accounts and go buy mutual funds. He's like, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad that you actually brought that up, Matt, because I was going to ask you the question about self-directed Roth IRAs. Is it possible to have a self-directed Roth yeah. IRA? If somebody has a Roth, can they maneuver that? Or if somebody has an existing IRA, could they turn it into a self-directed Roth IRA? Maybe talk a little bit about some of the yeah. Roth aspects and maybe even just define it real quick in case somebody isn't familiar with what that means. Yeah, absolutely. So the traditional IRAs or traditional 401ks is the most common. And that is, you know, you put your money in, you got a tax deduction and, you know, we all got sucked in on the tax deductions because you want to save taxes now. So we did traditional accounts, but Roth IRAs become more and more popular in a Roth IRA, when you put your money in, you don't get a tax deduction. But the benefit is the money now grows, and when it comes out, it comes out totally tax-free. When I pull money out of a traditional IRA, I pay taxes. I'm pulling the money out at retirement. Now, hopefully, retirement, you know, you're not going to have a salary. You're going to own all your assets. You're not going to have a mortgage and all this. You'll, and you'll, you can control the money you pull out of your retirement account, so you stay in a low tax bracket. But the Roth is awesome because you don't have to worry about that. On the way out, it's totally tax-free. I mean, I have clients with, uh, I mean, I have clients with $100 million plus Roth IRAs. I have clients in the 10 million plus, a ton of them. And what they are is they're more strategic people that are like really good at one particular thing and they know how to make money at that. And they figured out the Roth IRA is a tax-free way for me to just build my wealth in the long term. And so, yeah, I mean, like that one client I mentioned that was uh, the real estate developer, I mean, he basically bought an option on some land by the highway. It was just agricultural property. He got an option on it. His Roth IRA paid $10,000 for the option to purchase that property for like 400 grand. And he had like a five-year term to execute the option. Well, my client knew that the county and state were planning a freeway exit to go in right next to this property, which happened in two or three years. That property went from agricultural property worth 400 grand, or maybe it was actually probably 300. He got an option price way higher than what it was worth at the time. But now it was worth like over one and a half million dollars. And he sold it to another developer that developed it out, probably a gas station and a subway there. I don't know. But, <laughs> but he made him, so he put 10,000 bucks from his Roth IRA and he made over a million dollar profit into his Roth IRA. Now this guy does deals like that five times a year. I mean, he, that's like the kind of, deal maker that guy is. And because he's gotten the real estate game, he learned it, he got good at one thing and he just kind of got after it. But then the next level for him was, all right, how do I do these deals and keep all the money? Like he made a million bucks, but if he did that personally, he would have kept like 550,000 of that maybe after he paid his federal and state taxes. Now he's like, wait a second, I can keep the whole million. And I just got to wait till I'm 59 and a half to put out my Roth. 
game over. And I was like, you know what? That was pretty cool. I'm going to write a yeah. book. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you bring up a good point too, because you know when people hear stories about somebody that has you know, a really large Roth, self-directed Roth IRA or a, a large Roth yeah. IRA or IRA, you know, I think the question is, my gosh, how does that take place? Because even a self-directed IRA, you are still, you, you saw the same limitations of how much money you can fund yeah. in the IRA. It's still what the IRS allows, but within that environment is where you can grow your wealth, right? Yeah, absolutely. So there's no cap on how large the account can be. So you can only put 6,000 a year into a traditional IRA or Roth IRA. Now, most of the Roth IRA clients we have, most of them converted. They had maybe 100 or 200 grand of traditional dollars that they're like, all right, I need enough money to do some deals to grow this. And I'm going to put my sweetheart deals in the Roth IRA. So let me convert 100 or 200 grand of my traditional to Roth, which you can do. If you have traditional dollars, like I want to be in a Roth. If you convert 100 grand to Roth though, you're going to get 1099 or 100,000. You're going to have to pay that in taxes. That's taking an income and pay some taxes on it when you convert. But the upside is now that 100,000, as it grows over the next 20, 30 years, whatever your retirement horizon is, it's going to come out all tax-free. So hopefully that 100,000 by then is maybe a million bucks just from the growth. And so, and I, and you know, I gave like the example of a home run hit, you know, like that client on the option deal, that was a home run. But so many of our clients and even just me, I'm just a base hitter, you know? I just hit base hits with some single family rentals that are low maintenance for me. I can run my businesses and do my thing. But you know what? Once you get a number of properties stacked up, it's like loading the bases and the market rises like it has recently. And all those people that have owned real estate over the last 10 years are like, doing pretty good now. My rent's been going up. You know what I mean? Like it's all these things that just start hitting. And now you're scoring a ton of runs because you got men on base. And that's all, you know, don't, don't worry about hitting home runs for anyone that's new in real estate. Like you're not going to hit a home run probably on your first deal. Just get on base, get some hits. You'll score some runs. Boy, man, you're, you don't you're know just, baseball. Right? You're going to be like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> so, hey, hey, Matt, one, one last question maybe, or maybe Steve and Kevin have something else. But, you know, I, I mentioned back in, and I left Fidelity back in 2005. So it's, it's been a while. And like I mentioned, I didn't even hear about the concept of self-directing back then. And, it, and, and I think you're kind of breaking the mold of traditional, you know, traditional investments with the self-directing, you know, opportunity. But do you see the awareness and the movement growing and gravitating more towards oh, self-directing? Oh, for sure. The industry has grown crazy over the last really 15 years it's grown significantly. There's over a million accounts that are self-directed now. That's a pretty big number. And I just see it from ourselves. I mean, you know, we get, I get a few accounts a day, at least from Fidelity, you know, and a ton yeah. more from TD Ameritrade and Schwab every day, like every day. And so, and that's, and my competitors are too. And so, you know, you're, we're seeing that, that growth in the industry, but it's also into other areas. Like real estate's the most common but you see it in the private company investments has gotten much more popular. Startups, we have a lot of clients investing into VC funds and private equity funds. Crypto has been hot as of late. You know, it got hot three years ago and it got hot again just recently. <laughs> and so all these alternative assets are stuff you can own with an IRA. And yeah. as technology has made it easier, and frankly, the internet has gotten information out better. And one other change has happened too. You will see more financial advisors, and we work with a bunch that refer their customers to us that are RIAs, the registered investment advisors. And so they're not broker dealers where they're paid if they sell you something. Like they only get paid on assets under management. So to them, they don't care if you buy a mutual fund or you buy a rental property. Like they're managing it either way and they make the same fee. And so yeah. RIAs have been a really growing space in the financial services industry. And they, they like self-directed IRAs because their clients like them. And they can finally like do what their clients want without having to worry. Well, if you buy real estate, I don't make any commissions. Well, I still charge an asset under management fee the same. I love it so much. You know, what I love about this whole discussion as we kind of wrap this up is Steve and I often on this podcast, we talk about the fact we, we have one of our most popular episodes is called why traditional retirement, why the traditional retirement system is broken, right? And and so much of it is it, when people rely on the traditional sort of of retirement approach, you're forfeiting total control. You're forfeiting the ability to control 
where you want those dollars to go and how you want to control. You're you're forfeiting control of really kind of in some ways how much money you want to be able to live off of one day. There's things that you're sacrificing when you buy into kind of this traditional investment world. What we love about real estate, what we love about self-directed IRAs is it gives you back the control so that you're the one in the driver's seat. You're the one calling the shots for what your financial future should look like. And, And what I would say to anybody listening is if you have money in retirement accounts, you 100% need to visit Directed IRA. Look at what the options are that are available to you. I know Matt and his team would be happy to share that with you. You know, yes, there could be some hurdles if you're still working with an employer and you've got a 401k with them. But if you have an old 401k, if you've got an existing IRA, if you have an existing IRA that you want to convert to a Roth or a self-directed Roth IRA, there's all of these options that can give you back the control to be able to kind of say, look, I'm going to take the financial bull by the horns and I'm going to choose to go control the kind of hits that I want to go get. And I love that you were talking about baseball, Matt, because I don't know if you know, but uh, Steve and I are actually working on a book right now. We have a podcast about this exact idea that we say, look, stop swinging for the fences. We're going to play, if you know that, if you remember the movie Moneyball, you know, all they did Yeah, right. I mean, that's what we do with real estate. It's how do we get on base financially? Because if you can hit enough singles with enough consistency over a long enough amount of time, you will win the game 100 times out of 100. And that's the idea. How do we minimize, mitigate risk, give back the control and utilize something like a self-directed IRA that is a phenomenal and incredible tool. And so as we kind of wrap up, Matt, I would love for you to just kind of, if you could give your best, most power pack sage, you know, advice for someone considering this or thinking about, you know, self-directing their retirement accounts, what would be the thing that you would want to share with the people listening? I think the biggest thing is take action, but be educated. Okay. There's this, what I've seen over the years and just doing this and I, you know, I have a law firm. I used to practice as a lawyer too, a little bit, um, a lot. (laughs) I don't, I don't do that much anymore, but is there was kind of like, there's three categories of people out there. The first category was they read everything. They went to everything. They went to every meeting, every club, everything, and they didn't do anything. They were just so damn scared. They, but they want, they love learning and thinking about it and dreaming about it. And they never took action. Every deal was too expensive, too tough. It just didn't fit exactly. And so they did nothing. And then on the other extreme, you get people who are so excited who scratch the surface on learning what to do and they make mistakes and they buy dumb stuff. They work with bad companies. They, they just make dumb decisions because they don't know what's right for them. And they, they, so then there's the third category that's like the perfect middle sweet spot of, like they got a little bit of education, they don't overthink it, they're willing to take some risk. You're gonna have to take risk in investing, okay? You're not gonna find the perfect property and hit a home run the first time up. You're just not. I even think like the first property I bought in my retirement account, single family rental, I mean, I bought this thing for 85 grand. It rents 1100 a month. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like seven years ago. This property has been awesome, right? And now it's it's like worth way more. I get like thirteen hundred bucks a month out of it, and and I, you know, I've I've almost paid down the mortgage entirely on it. And it's like it's been a great property, and and but then I remember like the next ones I was trying to buy, and it's like, uh, this one's twenty grand more than the last one I bought, and I was like, dude, you have to get over that. And so, so there's kind of this sweet spot I think of get some education. Don't overthink it. You're going to take some risks, but you've got to get up to bat, like sticking with the baseball. You've got to get up there. You've got to take, take your swings. Like you're going to get on base. And, and I think to stick to the basics. That's why like I buy single family rentals. I do some private money lending with some clients of mine that are like really good at it. And, but like, I like single family rentals is because you're the, what, what you can lose on it is it's pretty hard to lose money on single family rentals. Like I could go buy Tesla stock right now crap, I don't know if that thing's going to take a dump or Bitcoin. I mean, who knows? But real estate, yeah. you know, it's going to go up. It's not going to go down. Real estate just does not go down. I mean, rarely does it go down. So, and you never have a wipeout. Like, you know, if it goes down, like the financial crisis we had, it comes back. And there are certain assets that do totally wipe out. So know that, that you can do real estate and it's, it's going to be hard to wipe out on it. 
I love that. I love that so much. So guys, here's the deal. Visit directedira.com. If you visit that website, you are going to have access to tons of stuff that Matt and his team have provided, videos and resources to help you do the kind of research and get the education that you need so that you can take action. I know Matt's team is awesome. They stand ready to serve and help. Also, Matt, where's the best place for them to go and buy your book, The Self-Directed IRA Handbook? So uh, my book's website is SDIRA for self-directed IRA, sdirahandbook.com. You can also get it on Amazon. Doesn't really matter to me. You know, if you buy it on my website, it does come signed, you know. That doesn't happen. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pretty <laughs> big deal. Way to do it. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. And I mean, people turn those around on eBay and sell them for double. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I've sold 30,000 copies of that book. And it it really is like, I am proud of the book. I mean, I took like six years to write the, the thing, you know? I was just going to swear there for a second, but I took six years to write. <laughs> I, like, my weekends were destroyed. But like, I knew that if I wrote it, like and and approach it from what a client needs to know that people would appreciate it. And I tell a lot of people, like even my family, like Matt, should I buy your book? And I'm like, I don't know. Are you into the topic? If you're into yeah. the topic, you'll love it. But it's kind of like the best book on karate. You know, like if you get the best book on karate and you're into karate, you love it. If you get the best book on karate and you're not into karate, you're like, this book sucks. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're into the topic, if you're thinking about buying real estate and you have a retirement account, or crap, you want to use someone else's retirement account to do real estate deals. The book I think is really valuable and useful. And I think you'll, I think people like it. Well, and that you just introduced something that we may want to do another episode in the future. There are ways for people that maybe don't have their own resources to potentially partner with others that do have self-directed IRAs to help get so that you can invest in real estate. That's an entirely different topic. Could be a whole nother podcast. It's more of a creative strategy, but a powerful one. So I'm actually glad that you teased that. Maybe if you will and Matt sometime in the future, we'll have you back on and talk a little bit about that because that is a fascinating topic that a lot of people could benefit from. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Nate, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This has been such an awesome discussion. I feel like we so very barely scratched the surface of what this topic is and what it could do for someone that I would love to continue the discussion sometime, Matt. But thank you for sharing your time. Thank you for being with us today. And guys, thank you for listening to Replace Your Income. Steve, I'm gonna give you the last word and let's sign off. Hey, I can't tell uh, Matt, uh, thank you enough for being here today. It's a great honor, a uh, great privilege. And of course, uh, this was the first time we've had uh, Nate on the on the podcast. So thanks for being here as well, Nate. And I uh, look forward to uh, next week. Everybody have a great one. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on Replace Your Income with Kevin and Steve. Do you want to learn more about our company, Done For You Real Estate, and to see if you qualify right now, today, to begin replacing your income with simple and conservative real estate investing done for you? Visit dfy-intro.com. Click the orange button, watch our super quick webinar, and fill out the little form on the right side of the page. You'll know within 60 seconds if you qualify to begin replacing your income right away. As always, please rate, review, and share the podcast with friends and family. And until next time, just remember, income replacement for you and your family may only be one property away. See you next week.